0: Thought I'd be the old guy in Accounting one, but there were a couple people a little bit older than me, but I was, you know I had to kind of swallow my pride a little bit, realize I was running my own race, not compare myself to other people.
1: Hello everyone. welcome to Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers Podcast. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for this podcast. Well, for today, we have another second career accounting episode for you. As I mentioned in the intro for our last episode, I wanted to do a few of these because a listener pointed out to me that we hadn't really done anything like that before. And many people don't go directly from high school to college and then directly into their accounting careers. Many people search around for a little bit before they find accounting. And with that, There are different challenges and different benefits as well, so it made a lot of sense to do a few of these in order to highlight some of the differences when you start a little later in life. Bill Von Fumetti joined us for this episode, and he currently operates two businesses, actually an accounting practice, and also another consulting practice where he helps other bookkeepers and accountants attract the clients that they desire for their own businesses. It's called booming bookkeeping business. But prior to that, He actually did a few things. He was a database developer. So he basically worked in IT. He also had an entrepreneurial calendar business. And then a little later, he even ran a gym before landing on accounting as his eventual settle down and make a good living career. I think you're going to find a lot of raw truth in this episode. It's definitely got a lot of value. I appreciate how open Bill was. If you do enjoy and learn something from this episode, please follow us on LinkedIn. If you just search on LinkedIn for Where Accountants Go, our podcast page will pop right up. You'll see all our podcast episodes there and links to the show notes and those kinds of things. But also, we occasionally put out specials on our classes that we teach online as well. So make sure to check that out on LinkedIn. Once again, just search for Where Accountants Go. And as always, if there's anything, really anything that I can do for you in your own career or for accounting organizations you're involved in, please reach out to me as well. I'm happy to help in any way that I can. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get started with today's guest. Here's Bill Von Fumetti. Well, hello, Bill. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Nice to be here. Thank you. Well, for the audience... This is going to be a slightly different show. We have Bill Von Fumetti joining us from the Redondo Beach area in California. And I invited him on the show for a few reasons, actually. First, a listener pointed out to me a while back that we hadn't had many second career accountants on the show. And so I put out a call for people that had done something different prior to becoming an accountant. And Bill is one of the individuals that answered that call. In fact, Bill is tried so many different things prior to becoming a CPA that we probably should count this as like three or four episodes. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, he operates his own accounting firm as well as a consulting business where he helps others get their own successful bookkeeping practices started. It's quite an interesting niche. This is going to have value on many, many fronts. Well, Bill, before we do get to what you presently do, let's make sure we cover your overall journey in some detail. Prior to getting into accounting, what was your first
0: career of choice? I went to a school at USC. I'm an Iowa boy, and I wanted to go to the big city. So I came out to go to University of Southern California here in Los Angeles. And to be honest with you, I didn't really have anything in mind. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I did what I did best. I majored in math. So I got a math degree, and through some internships while I was in college, I picked up some database development skills. And so I found a job doing database development when I got out of school. And so I did that for a couple of years. So that was kind of career number one for me out of like five.
1: When you say database development, are we talking
0: about what we used to call programming? <laughs> yeah, you know what we did, but it's an actual database tool called Lotus Notes. And okay. I don't know if it's even being used anymore, but it was a database tool that large corporations kind of used for their internal operations. And it was a skill I had. It was really marketable at the time. So I took it and I ran with it.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was a hot commodity at one point. How long did you work in the database development arena? I did that for about four or five years. Okay. Okay. Now I'm really curious why you got out of that. (laughs)
0: Well, I took the natural next step. I started a company where I produced swimsuit calendars. Oh, you know, that's
1: what most database development
0: people do, <laughs> <Right>? whatever. <laughs> I was a boy from Iowa with a dream. And so that's what I think, you know, I was actually sitting around with a coworker and you know, I was, a, I was the younger guy at the time and we were just talking, we kind of came up with this idea and he was kind of joking around and I thought, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. That's I mean, we're in Los Angeles after all. So I started looking into it from kind of a business perspective in terms of what was out there on the market and what it might take to kind of put things together. And I put the pieces in place and we actually scored some deals with a couple of the top models at the time and got those calendars shot into stores. So like I said, it's a natural progression (laughs) for a database developer, right? (laughs) Your family in Iowa must have been proud. For sure. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because the name of the company was Father and Son Productions. My dad went in on it with me, so we were kind of partners.
1: Okay. Okay. Wow. And this wasn't something you, like, did on the side. This was quit your job, cold turkey, went into this
0: full-time. I did. I got it started while I was working full-time, but it's something that kind of took off rather quickly, and so I did transition to doing it full-time. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. That's a surprise. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been called the Highlander. If anybody remembers that show where not that I take anybody's heads, not decapitating people out here or anything, but the fact that he's lived this long life and he's kind of done so many different things. And people have kind of called me that because it took me a while to find accounting. And I know we'll get there. There's a couple of stops along the way before we get there, but it took me a while. And I do believe that each step of the process, added some tools to my tool belt that kind of prepared me for where I was eventually supposed to be, which is accounting.
1: Okay. Okay. You know, I remember in our pre-show conversation, you mentioned the Highlander and, and I know exactly what TV show and movies you're talking about and that kind of thing, but I didn't understand the reference exactly, but yeah, now I understand it. lives so long, it's done so many things. That makes a lot sure. sense. Sure. <laughs> so I guess, how long were you in the calendar business and how'd you end up eventually moving on?
0: I did that for about four or five years as well. The internet started to evolve to a point where the sales really started to decline. So I just kind of moved out of that. And I actually started working closely with one of the models that, you know, she's really popular at the time. She had a couple of TV shows on and I started working with her on some business deals. So I did that for the next four years or so. So again, this is just a natural progression. Don't you hear this from all the accountants you talk to? This story is a little different than... A little bit different, than yeah, others. okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, we've, we've had a variety, but yeah, this one is new. Okay, so you went into business, it sounds like, in a, a few different enterprises with one of the models, and I guess, how long did that last?
0: That was probably about three or four years. Okay. Yeah. Okay,
1: okay. there's definitely a trend there. <laughs> you get seems, it seems bored the yeah. <laughs> In the four-year range. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. I do want to get into where you went
0: into accounting, but I don't want to miss anything either. (laughs) The listeners might be wondering if it's ever going to happen. When did this guy ever get into accounting? You know What happened next was she started, is the case in Hollywood, they have their peaks and sometimes they're working and sometimes they're not. So things slowed down a little bit and I moved on. And believe it or not, I met up with another person, a female CEO entrepreneur that needed some help and wanted to work on some business projects. And so I started working with her, which actually kind of developed into more of a, it was a business relationship. We worked so closely together that I helped, I was kind of an assistant to her and her family as well. So, and now I'm finding myself driving kids to activities and just doing those kinds of things in addition to helping her get her businesses off the ground. So that was a really, really interesting time of my life. And I think it came to be because I didn't really know where I wanted to be. When I went to, I was valedictorian of high school. I came out to go to USC. I was of the mindset that it's like, okay, let's just get this done and let's get on to the next thing. Let's get this done and go on to the next thing. And I'm not sure I really ever took the time to sit down and think long-term, okay, where's all this going? What's the plan here? And I think... That's why I kind of got out into the working world and I bounced around between a lot of different things because I didn't really know where I was meant to be. So I kind of bounced around as I was trying to figure it out. So that's kind of the explanation for being a database developer and a calendar publisher and working with a family kind of as a business partner assistant to the family. Those are pretty different ventures. You know, like I said, I took a little bit away from each one that I think benefits me now but that's something that that I kind of look back on and I kind of wish I would have taken a little bit more time to determine what the long term plan was but that's not to say I regret anything because like I said I've had I've made some great relationships and gained a lot of tools and resources and experience that really benefit me today
1: I am curious what are some of the key experiences that helped you sort of find your way and figure out, you know, yeah, this is the direction I want to go with my career. Are there any lessons or moments that stick out in any of that,
0: any of your previous <laughs> your career work that... I started many businesses I knew nothing about kind of going into it, whether it's producing calendars or the, the last position we spoke about, that woman, she created a parenting website. So it's like with experts giving parenting advice and things like that and lots of different businesses, but you see a lot of the same principles at work in terms of what works and what doesn't, what needs to be in place in terms of foundation for success for these types of operations. And, and it really did give me like a firsthand look before I became an accountant at how important accounting solid financials are to a business. So many people out there, they get an idea in their head to start a business and they just go and they just care about sales or the service delivery portion of it but they don't have that foundation. They've got no idea what's happening with on the accounting side of the equation. They've got no budget, they've got no plan, none of those things. And so they're just not prepared and eventually they get to a point where it becomes a problem and they're either able to pivot and solve it and figure it out and get those things under control or it's too late and the business doesn't survive. And so I was able to see that firsthand of these different things that I've done because some of them worked out and some of them didn't. You do notice common themes. And I mean, 100% of the time, the business owners that had a solid grasp of their financials and really valued the work of their bookkeeper, their accountant, they saw value in that. They had professionals in those spots. Those are the ones that succeeded. And the ones that didn't value that, tried to do their books on their own, tried to cut corners, tried to find the cheapest way to do something. Those are the ones that never, ever grew. So that was an important lesson.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So at what point did you start to steer your career towards accounting or how did you come up on accounting
0: (laughs) (laughs) as a possible choice? (laughs) Many of the stories go out there. I met a girl. Okay. (laughs) I met a woman I wanted to finally start my life with. I was like, okay, this is I finally found a girl. I want to start a family. We want to get moving down that road. And so I needed to figure out exactly where I needed to be going. I needed to get something that was something I, I loved. I needed to do something that was something that was long term, that had long term prospects. And so working at that last position, we talked about, there was a connection there to a very busy and popular fitness center on the third street promenade in Santa Monica. Okay. So they needed a general manager. And so I thought, Hey, this is an opportunity for me to kind of get into this position and grow because it's a really popular place. It's right above the Adidas store on the promenade. If you've ever been to Los Angeles, Santa Monica, you know what I'm talking about, but I worked there for I want to say like four months. Okay. So it went from four years (laughs) from job to job to four (laughs) months. And the reason is because it was so stressful running this place. It was really stressful for a lot of different reasons to the point where I was having night terrors. Okay. My wife or my girlfriend at the time uh, tells me that I'm screaming out in the middle of the night. So obviously that's not a good thing. But one day I'm talking to the gym's accountant and she just lets it slip that she charges them. $5,000 $5,000 a month to do their bookkeeping. Oh. And this light went off. That's a, like that epiphany. That light goes off and I'm like, wow. And obviously this gym is just one of her clients. And I started thinking about this yeah, because I have a math degree from USC and I'm thinking, well, I mean, how hard can this be? I know nothing about accounting though. Okay. <laughs> so I start looking into it. And the more I looked into it, the more I realized that this is something that I could do that I was good at that was important and that could have long-term growth prospects and be a career, something secure that I could do to start a family. And so I looked into it. I said, you know what? One day, I just kind of made the decision. I'm just going to do it. I'm doing it. That, that day I applied to, this is keep in mind after getting a math degree from USC, I applied to Santa Monica College, <laughs> not much of an application process, but as a 38-year-old applying to Santa Monica College, and registering for accounting one. And that started the journey. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. Thank you for telling us your age at that point. Cause I did want to ask with as many things as you've done. I think that's important for some of our listeners that you weren't still in your twenties at this point, you were a little further along. So thank you for sharing that. So you did decide to go ahead and get the formal
0: education. The reason okay. I did that was because when I do something, I do it hundred percent. I just go all the way. So when I looked at you know, owning my own business and accounting and that kind of being the path for myself, I looked at, hey, what's the top of the totem pole when it comes to accounting? And that's the CPA. Okay. So I looked into what was required to get a CPA license in California and obviously you need a bachelor's degree, but then you need like 150 units. I only had 120 and then you need all, needed a bunch of accounting classes and accounting requirements as well. So I had none of those. So Santa Monica College, by the way, has a full like a full accounting curriculum similar to like a 4-year school even though it's a 2-year college mm. and it's a really great program and so I fulfilled the extra 30 units that I needed out here in California with my accounting classes thought I'd be the old guy in accounting 1 but you know there were a couple of people a little bit older than me but I had to kind of swallow my pride a little bit realize I was running my own race not compare myself to other people you know younger people uh, in the class or that were already successful doing this and learn debits and credits at 38 years old with 18-year-olds at Santa Monica College. (laughs) Beautiful.
1: I totally agree. At that point, you've got a purpose. You're not there competing with the other students. You've got a purpose. And by the way, I don't think you're the first person that's come on the show and said that, to paraphrase, I needed to grow up and settle down, so I became an accountant (laughs) because...
0: Yeah. You know, it wasn't that I looked to accounting as like, okay, this is a big boy profession where I can wear a suit and be serious and that I wasn't serious before, but it was the intersection of a lot of different things that appealed to me and that I was good at. You don't have to be a math expert to be an accountant. Okay. You just don't. I mean, I work with a lot of bookkeepers. They are teaching them how to grow their businesses and I mean, they're definitely not math experts, but the software does a lot of the work for you. And generally, if you know some basic stuff, you'll be just fine. Okay. We're not talking about derivatives and differential equations and things like that. But the math side, I like math. I like order. I mean, as accountants, that drives us. That order really appeals to us. And then obviously just talking about my history, you can tell there are shades of entrepreneurship there. And so being able to own an accounting practice where I wasn't just accounting, but I was the owner and I was the entrepreneur and I could do things my way. I could grow as big as I want. I could work the hours I wanted. Those things really appealed to me. So it was, yeah, it was like grow up and let's provide some security for yourself and your future and your family. Also was just kind of serendipitous in the sense that I finally realized that this was where I needed to be. It was the intersection of a lot of the different things that I was good at, and I enjoyed doing, and I probably should have done it 25 years ago when I was just exiting college, but I didn't. That wasn't my journey. My journey is what it was, and I'm appreciative of it, and everybody takes their own path. I'm just happy I got here.
1: Sure. Sure. Definitely. Well, thank you. That's some good insight. So, you go back to school specifically to pursue the hours you need to become a CPA and get that education. You've been entrepreneurial. You know about the $5,000 a month that the gym was paying. (laughs) I'm curious, did you strike out on your own immediately after getting the accounting education, or did you go to work for a little while somewhere?
0: How did that work? That's a really good question. In California, you need the education. Well, I think in most places, you got to get the education. So I ran through as many classes as I needed as fast as I could. I was taking mostly online classes, but I was at one point taking classes at three of the different schools around here. I had a UCLA class. I had a Santa Monica class. I had a Cal State Dominguez Hills class. So I was trying to knock these things out quick because again, I feel like I'm a little behind, you know, and I want to get things moving. I wanted to get married all these things. So my goal in getting started was hey let's get that cpa and let's go out on my own as quickly as possible so i got the education i passed the exam really quickly my first class was like january 4th i remember that accounting one class and by june i was able to get a job as a bookkeeper at a firm locally i mean in los angeles so that's not very easy to find something like right in your backyard but locally here in redondo beach that had a cpa working for it i mean you've got to get those hours underneath a CPA. You got to put in a year of time yeah. underneath a CPA and get that experience requirement checked off. So I got a job there and in June and I passed the exam while I was there. And by the next August, I had struck out on my own. Wow.
1: Okay. So how'd you get those first clients? Because that, that scares a lot of people. How'd you pay the bills?
0: <laughs> when I talk to people who are thinking about starting a bookkeeping business, I mean, every one of them, every one of them thinks that, because you have to have two things in place to have a successful bookkeeping business. So first, you've got to be a great bookkeeper. You just have to be. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You've got to be a great bookkeeper, but then you've got to be great at getting clients as well. And 100% of the people I talk to think the getting clients part of it is the hard part. And that's just not the case. Getting to be a great bookkeeper, we've all, as accountants, if you're an accountant now or a bookkeeper, it's a daily occurrence to see a new client with messed up books from a prior bookkeeper. So the demand for good bookkeepers is really, really strong, but you got to know what's effective when it comes to marketing. Okay. You got to know what's effective and then you've got to know how to clearly communicate your specific value. Okay. What's in it for the client as opposed to, oh, I can handle your payroll and I can do your bank reconciliations. And I can. they don't care about that. You know, They care about, are you going to help me open that second location? Are you going to help me expand? Are you going to help me with minimize my tax liability? They care about those end results there. So if you know what's effective when it comes to marketing and you know how to communicate, you're going to be fine. You're going to get all the clients you can handle. And to answer your question, the first thing I did was I got certified in QuickBooks, QuickBooks Online, which allows you to get the profile published on the QuickBooks Find a Pro Advisor website. And so I think the number is like a million, close to a million small business owners hit that website every year looking for bookkeepers. And so I got up there, I optimized my profile, I got it like at the top of the listings, and I started giving calls. And that's kind of how it started. Oh
1: my gosh. Okay. I didn't realize it was quite that fruitful to do
0: that. Okay. It is. I mean, anybody listening who works with QuickBooks, wants to get new clients, it's the number one marketing strategy out there. It's the first thing that I teach people to do when they work with me to start their bookkeeping businesses. It's free. A ton of people hit that website looking for bookkeepers. And if you leverage it properly, I think I grew from zero to, I want to say like $75,000 in annual revenue just on that website before I decided to branch off and do other marketing strategies to grow even even larger.
1: Wow. Okay. So how long have you had the practice now? That the accounting practice for the bookkeeping?
0: I went off on fund my own in twenty seventeen. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. And how long have you been helping other bookkeepers learn how to
0: get clients or bookkeepers? I've been doing that for about three years now.
1: Three okay. So I'm yeah. curious, so twenty seventeen, I mean that's only four years ago. So you started in this other line of work pretty quickly. What caused you to decide that, hey, I'm going to spend some of my time helping other people get clients? (laughs) I know a lot of people
0: that would go the other way, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I got my business going and yeah, I was able to get a bunch of clients, but when you're right around 40, It's not like you really want to wait five years to get to the level of revenue you want to get to. So, I got some clients, which was great, but I wanted to get married. I wanted to start a family, which I did both of those two things. I'm kind of glad I wasn't too old of a man, but we've gotten those things accomplished, which is good. But you want to get those things done quickly. So, out of pure necessity, I threw myself into figuring out what works when it comes to getting accounting clients, bookkeeping clients. And so, I learned. Everything under the sun, and I found what worked, what was effective, and what wasn't. I mean, anything can be effective. I've heard of people jamming a stack of business cards into some little crack near the gas pump, and she got a client that way. And okay, that can work. Is it effective? Is it repeatable? Is it consistent? No. So anything can work, but I really set out to find what was the most effective way of marketing my business, and so I've just got these strategies that I use. And I had some people come to me and ask me about starting a business, or they had a business and didn't have many clients. And I just showed them what was effective, I showed them what worked. And it was a real dramatic, it was an amazing thing to see because, again, if you know the right marketing strategies and you know what to say, you'll be fine. And so I did that. And to see the dramatic change in the growth of their businesses, it was really, really cool. I mean, that was really fulfilling to see that it really changes lives when you're no longer worrying about where your next client comes from or how much to charge and all these things. And so then I decided, hey, how can I help more people? Obviously, it could be an additional source of revenue for me, but it's also a chance for me to help more people. And so I started learning about how how to put together an online course and market an online course and all of those things. And that's kind of how that transition happened.
1: Okay. Do you have... A team that still services bookkeeping clients and
0: accounting clients? We still do bookkeeping. We still do bookkeeping here. And that's kind of one of the benefits of people wanting to work with me is that they're working with someone who's doing this day in and day out. So not only am I experienced and capable at handling bookkeeping and accounting transactions and treatment of different transactions, but I know what works when it comes to growing your business. And I know what works right now in terms of marketing, in terms of the technology we use to be efficient and all of those things. So I don't work with a ton of people in terms of helping them start their businesses because I work pretty closely with everyone. And I just don't have time to work with thousands and thousands of people and still service our accounting clients. So I do have two staff. I've got two bookkeepers that handle kind of the day-to-day transactions. I manage them. I also handle client communication, financials with clients and those types of things. So that's kind of what my day looks like.
1: Okay. I can guess, and you've already alluded to what you like about helping other accountants and and bookkeepers, you know, develop their own practice. I'm curious, what do you enjoy about your accounting business? (laughs) What do you really enjoy about being on that side of the desk? And yeah, what do you enjoy about your practice?
0: It's the same thing. I found something that I could own my own business. I could do what I was good at but I could do work that helped people. Why can't we do all of those things? Why can't we make money? Why can't we also help people? And I run into small business owners all the time that are in in just awful shape. Their books are a mess. They've got no idea whether they're making money or not. And I'm able to help them see through that. When someone starts a business, especially a small business, it's usually the result of them having a dream. Okay. Having a dream about doing something that they're passionate about in a lot of cases. I work with restaurant owners. They're passionate about food. One of them is an Italian restaurant, real high-end Italian restaurant. This family's from Italy and it's just in their blood. Food's their passion and bringing others to that table is just what drives them. And they don't know. They're good at food. They're not good at finances to help them, guide them through things like a pandemic, or even when there's not a pandemic, anybody who's worked in the restaurant industry knows it's <laughs> it's got its ups and downs and it's got its all kinds of challenges when it comes to finances and payroll and sales tax and all those fun things. But to help them through that so that they can focus on what they're good at, that is a really good feeling. I tell people who are thinking about starting a bookkeeping business, do not do it if you're not genuinely interested in helping small business owners. At the end of the day that's what you've got. You've got to have some passion about that. If you're looking to get rich quick, go look at drop shipping or flipping real estate or whatever it is out there that people are selling for get, get rich quick schemes. Bookkeeping is not get rich quick, but it can be get rich. Okay, you can make as much money as you want to make out there but you have to care about what you're doing. You have to really want to help small business owners. And that's what I enjoy about it is that you're really helping these people create and then grow their dreams. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. I've told students that before. You can make a really wonderful living in accounting. You do have to work for it,
0: <laughs> but it yes. is there for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I spoke to one of people I work with, one of the members of the program i am in, and she, you know, six months ago, no clients started a business from scratch now 6 months later she's doing 75k in revenue and she's supporting her kids supporting her family i'm obviously paid for helping her out a very <laughs> compared to making $75,000 building 7500000 dollars businesses certainly i could probably charge more but you know i get compensated for what i do but the fulfillment you get from helping somebody do that Accounting, whether like I'm talking about helping people build accounting practices, but on the accounting side of my business, accounting really does change lives. You know, if you can help a chiropractor open a second location, or you can save and guide a restaurant through challenging times to preserve their dream, that is really fulfilling. So yeah, yeah, you can make a lot of money, and that's what's great about it. And you can live life on your terms in terms of having a flexible schedule and heck, working from home now. We could do it before, but now the last nail in the coffin is there. It's like. Clients know that we can work from home, and that's really cool. so you can have it all in terms of flexibility and finances and still help people. There's not a whole lot of things out there that can let you do all of those things at once. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, I want to be respectful of your time, and I still have a few questions, particularly the three final questions I ask every guest. But the last one before that, I'm curious, since your story involves changing course or changing direction, sort of midlife. If you could go back in time and give your younger self just one piece of critical advice, what what do you think that might be?
0: Well, the one piece of advice I'd give my former self is that find somebody who's doing what you want to do, who's had success doing what you want to do, and do whatever it takes to get them to teach you how to do that. That's the fastest way to get to where you want to be. Absolutely. You know, find somebody who's had success doing what you're doing and do whatever it takes to learn from them. I didn't know what that was when I was really young, but even when I was starting my accounting journey, I didn't have that, or at least I wasn't aware of that. And, you know, it took me quite a while, even though, you know, it feels like four years isn't a lot of time in terms of when I started my business, it took me a lot longer. And the first year or two, there was a lot of downs and like, because I was trying to figure everything out on my own and you don't have to do that. Reach out for help, find somebody who's done it and get them to, to teach you. Sure.
1: Yeah. That's great advice. Definitely. Well, I do interview show with the same three questions, so probably better get to those. Um, the first one's usually the easier one. From
0: a career perspective, what's been your proudest moment? Getting that CPA license was pretty darn proud. It's not easy, it's challenging. I suffered, maybe more so my wife, my poor wife suffered, but I got it done in, again, I just went full bore. I felt like I was behind the eight ball and I got it done in about three months from the first exam to the last exam. I took all four in in the space of like three months. And my wife visited her family for Christmas. I stayed home alone. It was rough. But then getting that CPA license, that was, again, when I started this journey, I felt like that was the top of the pole, and I got there. I got there and I got there quickly. And now I don't really use my, my CPA license a whole lot you don't need a CPA license to do bookkeeping. You don't need a CPA license to have a successful business and all of those things. But man, I look at that thing hanging up on my wall and it makes me very, very proud of, of what I went through as well as my wife.
1: Uh, three months. You were a man on a mission. You can get this thing done. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> didn't, wow. I didn't want to lose this woman. Not that she was necessarily going to go anywhere, but well, we got married right after I got that license. We got married in September of 2017 and she said, you know, I knew you had something in you. Like when she met me, I was just starting as a general manager of that gym. She's like, I don't know why you hadn't put it together yet, but I knew you had something. But I said, hey, let me give this guy some time to figure it out. If he figures it out, great. But if not, that's not going to work for me. So she didn't tell me this at the beginning, but I kind of felt it. I knew it. You know, let's get this thing done. (laughs) Sure. Well, second question,
1: and this can be from any part of your career, of course, not just accounting, but that's fine as well. Tell us about a lesson that you learned the hard way. And the more you can tell us about the situation,
0: the better, because that's how everybody learns from these things. Sure. Oh, yeah. 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 The lesson I learned the hard way, and we're accountants, so this makes sense to to all of us opportunity cost. The opportunity cost. Stand in line for free ice cream takes an hour to get through the line, get free ice cream. But what did that hour really cost you? You know, the ice cream cost. 2 $3. But what else could you have been doing with that time, with that hour? You could be learning how to market your business. You could be learning how to start your business. You could be spending time with your kids. The older I get, the more I understand the fact that time is a non-renewable resource. We can always make more money, always make more money. I could go down and donate. I don't know if right now is a good time to be donating. Well, actually it might be, but with COVID and everything, but I could go donate blood or plasma and, and make some money. You can always make more money, but time, that's it. You only got so much of it. And I wish I knew that sooner. And in the context of trying to do everything on your own or trying to find the cheapest way to do everything, that's not the way to get to where you want to be. I used to argue over oh, I signed up for this thing. It's $50 a month, but now I saw a coupon for $5 off. Uh, let me see if I can cancel my account. I'll call the company. I'll do all this other stuff to try to get this $5. $5. The opportunity up cost that is huge in terms of time I miss spending with my family and time I miss improving on my business. The sooner we all recognize the value of our time and the value of our time is great. Okay? It's not, if you're a bookkeeper, it's a heck of a lot more than 50 or $75 or $100 an hour it's hundreds of dollars an hour. So if the task that you're doing isn't providing you that kind of return, don't do it. Find somebody else to do it. So that's something, I don't have a specific kind of circumstance where it was that aha moment, but it's something that I have learned. They teach us about opportunity cost, but the real life application of that concept is jarring. When I look back at all of these things I spent time on trying to figure it out myself or to save money. By doing it myself, but it's scary. (laughs) That's scary. So, uh, the concept of opportunity cost is one that I try to really communicate to everybody I come in contact with. Beautiful. Well said.
1: Well, last question, and then we'll go ahead and close it
0: down. What's the best piece of advice that you have ever received? That was from my dad. I was in high school at the time, I was in junior high, and I was a goof off all the way up until. I think sixth grade. Between fifth and sixth grade, he threatened to send me off to a military school. You know, some of those little reform type schools. And I think he even drove me past one. Now I don't know if it was if it was if it was a young enough at the time that I don't know if it was a, a military school or not. But anyway, he pointed to a building, and so that's where you're going to go if you don't straighten up. That was between fifth and sixth grade. Sixth grade, I started doing well. Then in seventh grade, they put me in some talented and gifted class for English, some advanced English class. And I remember first week of school, we get assigned. Uh, an essay got to write an essay okay and now at this point i've evolved to the point where okay i really want to do good i really want to do good in school so i remember sitting downstairs and staring at a blank piece of paper for hours okay and this thing was due the next day so i'm staring at this paper for hours and you know i I talked to my dad and he says to me i'll never forget this this is important it's been important for me write something i don't care if it's the wrong thing write something will either be the right thing or it will lead you to the right thing And I did. Okay. And the rest is history. But that advice is some of the best advice that I've ever gotten and advice I, (laughs) once my kids are old enough that I can be that dad giving advice, whether they want it or not, that's what they're going to get. And that's borne out. I mean, especially in the context of this conversation you and I are having when I met this girl and I wanted to do something with myself and I worked at the gym. And I was like, why would you work at a gym? There was nothing inside me that told me, hey, you've always dreamed about working with a gym. You know what? I had that conversation with that accountant where I found out she was charging them $5,000 a month for their books. That led me somewhere, even though it wasn't the right thing. It wasn't my long-term landing spot. I did something. I had to do something. So I did something. I got this job at the gym and I found this accountant. It wasn't the right thing, but it led me to the right place. It led me to go down this accounting route. You know, And then I decided to look into accounting and I'm talking to my sister on the phone and she said, is accounting really what you want to do? And I said, well, I don't know. I think so, but I got to do something, even if it's the wrong thing. I said it again. <laughs> and you know what? This time it turned out to be the right thing. Okay. It didn't need to lead me necessarily anywhere else. It was the right thing. So do something. Don't let yourself, and I got to remind myself of this sometimes, the whole analysis paralysis, do something. Even if it's the wrong thing, do something. It'll either be the right thing. Or it'll lead you to the right thing. There's
1: a lot of truth in that. Yeah. You can't correct your course if you're not moving. That's that's a great way to put it. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you very much. I wouldn't be doing you or listeners justice if I didn't ask. If someone wants to find out more about your services, where's the best place to go?
0: If you're thinking about starting a bookkeeping business or or growing an accounting practice, you can always find me if you go to boomingbookkeeping.com. I put up like a free training there for people who are interested in starting their bookkeeping business. That's boomingbookkeeping.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Facebook, my Bill Von There's only one of me out there. So I'm pretty easy to find when it comes to that. Wonderful. Wonderful.
1: Well, thank you again. This was a fun and interesting story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time to share it with the audience. Well, I enjoyed it. It was my pleasure. Well, that was my interview with Bill Von Fumetti of Booming Bookkeeping Business. And there's a couple things that I really like to highlight out of this. First of all, I really admired how once he determined that accounting was a potential career fit for him, he went all in full speed. He went right back to school, got all the credits he needed. He jumped straight into taking the CPA exam. He got it done very quickly. Then he jumped straight into getting the experience. And then as soon as that was done, he jumped straight into the profession in his own business. And so you really just have to admire that seriousness about I found the right thing and I'm going to execute and get it done. I really love that. And then also, I found a lot of truth in that best piece of advice that he shared. And I usually don't reiterate those from guests, but this one in particular, he was trying to write an essay of some kind, something for school. And his dad said, just write something. Basically, just get started. And I think that is tremendous advice for us in the accounting profession because we can get so focused on analyzing the right way to go or the right way to get started that we really do get that analysis paralysis. And sometimes you just have to take a couple steps forward, not knowing exactly where it's going to end up, but take a couple steps forward so that then you can course correct along the way. There really is a lot of truth for those of us that sometimes suffer from analysis paralysis like me in the profession. Well, thank you again for joining us. This wraps up another podcast episode of Where Accountants Go, the Accounting Careers podcast. And as I always mention, if there's anything I can do for you in your own career, please reach out to me. I'm very findable on LinkedIn. Just search for Mark Goldman CPA and I'll pop right up. Well, thank you again for joining us. We will see you all next week. There's more to come.